0: The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm
1: Cork's Red FM
0: Good evening folks, you're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench We're here with you until 7pm We have a very, very packed hour of sport coming your way We're going to hear from Cork football boss John Cleary after the Rebels picked up an impressive win over Clare today up in Ennis We'll hear from Clary who's happy with their second half performance, maybe not so much the first We're going to hear from Athletics Royals We're going to hear from Sonia Sullivan looking ahead to the Cove 10 which is happening in a couple of weeks fantastic 10 mile race down in Cove our F1 expert Sarah McKenzie-Foley will be online to talk to us about the uh, Bahrain Grand Prix the season opening Bahrain Grand Prix we're going to talk to Cork City women's boss Danny Murphy about uh, their poor start to the season against Shelburne yesterday and we have the second part of Valerie Mulcahy's conversation with uh, Breed Corkery on Hear Me Roar you're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM As I was talking you through the intro, Liverpool have just gone five, five, yes, one, two, three, four, five goals up on Manchester United at Anfield. 75 minutes on the clock there. This is a route, and there is no other way to describe it. Liverpool have been clinical, Manchester United have been. Absolutely dreadful. We'll get you a report on that one as soon as we get it. Let's go straight into the audio. Let's hear from John Cleary after Cork's win over Clare today up in Ennis. 310 to 18 was how it finished. A brace from Sean Powder and from Maddie Taylor. This was the reaction of John Cleary speaking to the assembled media afterwards in Ennis. We,
2: we, we weren't a bit happy what happened the first half. Uh, we were fairly disgusted now in half time. But in fairness, look, we said to the lads, you know, just 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 trying to get the lead out. We we looked in a bit of for Facing the wind uh, point down and in fairness they did the second half um, you know we, we just tore into it and, and yeah. whatever tactics or whatever you can throw them out the window it was the lads tore into it the second half and that's 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 what got us over the line at the end and from your point of view you used the words tore into it did you tear into them at half time I wouldn't be that kind <laughs> of person now, like, you know what I mean So, but uh, we said a few words alright at half time and, and, and uh, the most of it was calm but look the message got across to them like was was either get stuck in or go down with our tail between our legs uh, down the road and, and and but in fairness that's what they did the second half. You must have been happy though with the way that they converted the scores or opportunities that they got. Well they did, but geez, we missed an awful lot of them too. We missed a penalty and I suppose maybe four goal chances, and that we're doing that every day. So you know someday it will come home and, and it, it will come home big time to hardest. But look, you know, as long as you win, you can learn from that, and hopefully the next day now we can go out and, 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 and make those goal chances, you know, uh, count. But in fairness, uh, we got three goals again today, and um, but we did miss the so that's we're going to go back to the drawing board and, and, and work on those.
0: And overall, would you be
2: positive um, leaving here this evening? It's a brace of league points, but, you know, a lot of players did play well. Yeah, look, I, I thought we'd have mixed out there. They, you know, some of our players played well and did, others I didn't think played well. And uh, we look at that there during the week. But the main thing is, look, that we got over the line and we can those lads know that they can work on their game now for the love game in two weeks' time, which is another big trip for us and, uh, you know, another big away game for us. And and, and that's what we'd be looking. Now this game is done and dusted. Delighted to get the two points and move on to out now.
0: Will this have any bearing do you think on your Championship
2: meeting in a couple of weeks time, I, again. I, I, I probably I, I don't think it will probably Clare will probably get more out of it maybe you know the losing team normally gets more out of it than maybe then we will um, but I, I think look uh, the learnings from us today if we play like that in the first half uh, the next day you know we, 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 we mightn't be in this game for the second half so I think both teams will learn a lot from it but I think look that's five weeks time away again so yeah uh, I, I, I don't think it will have a huge bearing on it. New no game.
0: Tell you about Rory back into the centre lineup and you hit a massive last quarter. A whole, a whole.
2: Yeah, Rory. In fairness to him, he's he's a very good, um, you know, experienced player. And 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 uh, you know, we lost uh, Brian O'Driscoll and, and Stephen Sherlock there. Uh, you know, before the kick-off, Rory came in before the training, and, and Rory is, uh, you know, he can count it as an experience. And look, he came up trumps uh, like we always knew he would. And look, he was a bit late back into the fray there with us at the start of the year. So as now, he's only getting up to full fitness. Well,
1: How's well, the word with uh, uh, Stephen? About it.
2: He um, hurt his ankle in training during the week. Right. Not yeah and he kind of Time. time. he will hopefully be back for the load match right and we know an update on Cahill update on Cahill is that uh, he had an operation during the week and he's gone for the league and started the championship is he yes Right.
0: right. yeah um, are you still in the promotion
2: based in your own mind I I don't know I I doubt it I doubt it but look you know what we'll do is take every game as it comes until we're we're, I think we've six points now and and the leaders have ten so technically they could but look realistically we probably aren't but you know we we still have got to go to Lough. That'll be a big game for us in in in, in two weeks time. Yeah. And um, uh, as I said, look, maybe the meat game will come back to haunt us. The st- that start game that we lost at home, and even the Dublin game, which you know on another day we could have got something out of. But look, that's that's where it is. This this division is very competitive. And and uh, look, we're pleased to, you know to come here today and, and get the two points settled. Right, and,
0: and that guarantees Division Two next year. mean, compared to what happened last year, it is a big improvement,
2: isn't it? Uh, well, yes, yes, yes. We well, I think we're in different place this year than last year like coming out of COVID and we felt our fitness levels weren't right and we had an awful lot of injuries I think our panel is stronger and the very fact we could lose two players of that calibre today and, and put two in and they come up trumps probably shows that we're in a better place than we were yet.
0: Yeah, Cork uh, going about their business very quietly and very efficiently that's John Cleary there speaking to uh, the Assembly Media after today's win over Clare safe in Division 2 John Cleary saying they're not really in the race for promotion but he's not, not ruling it out um, so yeah um, great win for Cork today uh, against the banner up in Ennis uh, we're going to talk F1 and the Bahrain Grand Prix uh, taking place today and it was Red Bull domination absolute Red Bull domination Max Verstappen leading from pole his uh, teammate Sergio Perez uh, claiming second our resident F1 expert is Sarah Mackenzie Foley I spoke to her just before we came on there okay, delighted to be joined by our resident F1 expert Sarah Mackenzie Foley to look back on the season opening Bahrain Grand Prix and Sarah that couldn't have gone better for Red Bull today.
3: Literally, yeah. Um, Verstappen into the race, thirty-seven seconds clear of the non, the next non Red Bull car, and obviously Sergio Perez coming up then in second. I think they they really did cruise, and uh, it was almost a bit sad to be honest with you. I think I I, I was I was kind of wary of, of this happening, and I think with, if without Alonso, we would have been really struggling for any kind of excitement in the race. So thankfully, mm-hmm. at least he had a bit of pace in his Aston Martin.
0: The big question is now, is there anyone going to catch Verstappen this season?
3: I think originally I was hoping that if there were, weren't going to be any other teams that would challenge him, you know, that Perez as a teammate with a similar car would be able mm. to challenge him. But we've seen multiple times that when it comes down to making a choice between those two drivers, Red Bull will always back Max Verstappen. So I actually... i. To be honest, at this point, I wouldn't even be super confident of that being the biggest challenge. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, Ferrari, Ferrari, you know, Charles Leclerc, unfortunately, with an engine issue, retired today, and Carlos Sainz really just wasn't at the races at all. So, look, it's it's the first race of the season. We won't we won't get too down in the dumps yet. But I think absolutely, Red Bull looking very dominant right now.
0: And as you mentioned, uh, Fernando Alonso coming in third, forty one years of age, um, great result for Aston Martin. There's going to be a great party in there. Team garage tonight, I'd imagine.
3: Yeah, huge. I mean, they were a whole two seconds faster this year in Bahrain than they were last year. the The development of that car is absolutely fantastic, and you know, they're they're a Mercedes customer as far as engines go, and they were better than the Mercedes really all weekend and all the way through testing. So. I think that's, that's pretty stark for Mercedes, but absolutely mm. brilliant for Aston Martin.
0: Yeah, Lewis Hamilton has got a fairly frustrated figure over the last year. He's probably going to be even more frustrated today. Um, they're so far behind this Red Bull team, that Red Bull car.
3: Yeah, I th- they keep talking about sticking with their concept, and I think a lot of fans at this point are wondering, is it really worth it? Obviously, huge amounts of money and investment go into these things, and you can't just make an about turn that easily, but... It, there's just so much work has to go in to make the car any bit competitive and you know they they want to be challenging for for championships and it just doesn't look realistic right now unfortunately for them
0: Any other major um, I suppose talking points or anything that stood out for you during the race today Sarah?
3: Yeah I have to mention there's a comedy of errors anyone that watched the race will have seen Esteban Ocon in his Alpine he got three <laughs> different time penalties uh, starting off with five and then and then ten and fifteen and I actually have been trying to figure out if if that's a record. I haven't got confirmation on that yet, but it's sort of astonishing really in this day and age that there's a driver has has committed that many penalties. And he came over the radio to say, I've been driving like this my whole career. Why is it now a penalty? Which I thought was maybe not the smartest thing for him to say uh, (laughs) over the team radio. But look, yeah, just a a
0: sort of weird one from from the race. Two week break now before that, the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. It's great to have Formula One back. Certainly going to be a very, very exciting season. Um, What's your prediction, I suppose, Sarah, for the season ahead?
3: I mean, I just want to see somebody challenge that Red Bull. Um, That's really all I think we can ask for. And I think, secondly, this is the tightest midfield we've seen in a very long time. And, you know, there were battles on track in the midfield specifically. I think Haas and Aston Martin look really good. I think Mercedes are going to be, you know, scrapping with Ferrari and Aston Martin also. So I think that's probably where we're going to see the action. And then anything Red Bull related, um, I think we may just have to hope for some miracles potentially.
0: Um, there's got to be a worry from from Formula One bosses that if this turns into a procession and if Verstappen dominates, if Red Bull dominate, then it could make the, I suppose, the, the casual supporter that they've worked so hard to get with the, the Drive to Survive um, documentary and the work they've done in their marketing over the last number of years, that the casual supporter might just drift away if, if the outcome is going to be, I suppose, foregone before the, 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 the checker flag goes up.
3: Potentially, yeah. I mean, you've seen Sky Sports, I suppose, would be one of the larger broadcasters of F1, particularly in Europe. And you've seen them introduce things like this year you can be on board with any driver at any time during a race. I think they're sort of trying to to combat, like you say, this just becoming the Max Verstappen or Red Bull show. But I suppose, mm. you know, you had eight years of Mercedes dominance and um, it does tend to go like that. You know, it was like that with Schumacher too. So there are, it's sort of just cyclical in Formula One. So yeah, I think definitely with the bigger audience, they'll, they'll have to try and figure out some ways of, of keeping it spicy enough for, as you say, the people, people who came through from uh, Drive to Survive.
0: Sarah, thank you for talking to us today. You can hear more from Sarah on the Women in Sport podcast with Joe McCarthy every Thursday on redfm.ie and from wherever you get your podcast. But for now, Sarah, thanks for joining us on the Big Red Bench. Thanks so much. Oh, that was Sarah McKenzie fully talking F1, um, what a scoreline
1: at Anfield Liverpool 6, Manchester United nil. some scoreline this from Anfield and Mo Salah has his second of the game tapping home after Manchester United tried to clear their lines in the 6 yard box, the ball hit Roberto Firmino, rebounded into the path of Salah and he had the simple chance to just tap it home from 6 yards out, it's Liverpool 6 Manchester United nil.
0: Oh, wouldn't want to be Manchester United fans today. Liverpool fans in absolute dreamland. Uh, What a performance. They've been clinical, clinical at Anfield today. All right, the Sonia Sullivan Cove 10 taking place the first weekend of April. 10 mile race taking place in Cove. That's that's all in the name. It's a fantastic race. I've run it. Um, It's uh, very well supported. Um, Great. Uh, atmosphere en route that finish into Cove Town downhill it's very very special indeed and uh, yeah it's just a great race all in and you'll get a chance to race Athletics Royalty Sonia Sullivan will be there you get a chance to run with Sonia um on the day, it'll be it's a, it's going to be a fantastic occasion. But I got a chance to speak to Sonia about the race, about the route, and plenty more besides as well. Okay, the Sonia O'Sullivan Cove ten mile race is happening very very soon. It's happening on the second of April. Starts at ten thirty. Ten miles through the beautiful town of Cove. I'm delighted to be joined by Sonia O'Sullivan all the way from Australia. Sonia, thanks for talking to us today or tonight or whatever time it is in Australia.
4: Um, yeah, it's night time. not too late. Um, I'm a bit of a late bird myself though. So yeah. these, uh, early morning races can catch me out sometimes, <laughs> but Cove is not, it's not too early. I think it starts at, um, oh my gosh, I should know this now. <laughs> <laughs> half 10. It's half 10. Yeah. It's a nice, uh, casual start there. I know I never have to get up too early for it. Hmm. Um, and on April the 2nd. So yeah, just over four weeks
0: time, um, yeah, how long That's has it been race, running, yeah. Sonia? And, like, how long have you been involved with it?
4: Uh, well, it's been on for a good while now. Um, we actually took it over, I think, three or four years ago, um, including the one we missed, and we had a virtual event. Um, and so it was rebranded as the Sonia O'Sullivan Cove 10-mile race. And ever since then, we've, you know, we've we've grown in strength in numbers and in, you know, everything that we have to offer for everybody who comes down on the day. Uh, we've had some great sponsors who've been on board all the time Um Spar has been behind us, you know, from when we really want to get it going and um, Curie's BMW in Little Island and Merck and a whole host of local sponsors in Cove because it really is a great day out for uh, the people of Cove and for, you know, friends of mine who come to the town every year and um, we've been very very lucky with the weather in recent years um, we, we put in the order early for the weather as soon as the, the year before is over we're, we're straight in so hopefully we will have another good day again this year um, on, on April the 2nd
0: yeah fingers crossed a lot of work done by Ballymore Cove AC in organising the race as well
4: uh, yeah so I mean there's so many hands on deck on the ground in Cove I mean they work like Trojans <laughs> nonstop. I'm I'm on, I'm on the uh, WhatsApp group, and um, you know I can only contribute virtually most of the time. Um, but I, I do try to get home um, at least a week before and help out. You know with the preparation for the event, and then also um, at the end of summer when we're doing our planning. And making sure things are in place, Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's working like clockwork these days. I think Mm. everyone knows their job, and you know we get so many um, volunteers on the day to help out, including my own father comes down, (laughs) and uh, he's well, he's well able to manage the traffic down there and direct people where to go. Um, And we're appreciative of everybody who comes Mm. along on the day and helps out. Uh, last year we had uh, Jarlett Regan from Irishman Abroad, comedian come along. Um, I started coaching him. And um, so he came to do the run and absolutely loved it. And then we did a little bit of an impromptu comedy kind of um, gathering afterwards. And uh, yeah, we'd be hoping to do that again mm. this year. Um, and uh, he's actually training for the London Marathon. So anyone out there who's training for the London Marathon, you know it could be a good test of your fitness to come along to cove and join us and uh we'll have pacers as well for mm. all the different uh times you know that obviously the course records are very fast so we just have Joe um from BMW will be leading the lead car uh and taking the leaders on the roads around cove and um yeah and i think the the course record is um 50 Six,
0: wow.
4: uh, just over 56 minutes for the women, and just over 48, I don't know the seconds now exactly, for the men. And there's um, there's uh, really good prize money, €400 Euros for the winner, and uh, €500 Euro bonus for men and women if they break the course record. So it's a handy payday for anyone out there, and we really try to encourage you know, Irish athletes to come. Um, because you know, really, I really believe you know if we can support our home athletes as they, you know, all have, I suppose, bigger and greater races that they're aiming for throughout the year, and help them out any way we can with their uh, with their training and preparations for that.
0: Yeah, um, you mentioned it's a good test, Sonia. It certainly is. That I ran it last year. Um, it's slightly hilly, as you'd expect in Cove, but it's uh, uh, a fair test, I suppose, over ten miles.
4: It is. And I think, you know, there's more downhill than uphill. So, uh, you know, once you get <laughs> past true Ballymore and uh, over the hills out there um, and past the five mile mark, it's it's pretty much downhill after that. And it's a lovely run into the town and a nice run down um, into the town as well. It's a very fast downhill finish um, for anyone who wants to get the, get their legs moving and really mm-hmm. test themselves out and have a bit of fun at the end and pass anyone in range. Um, it, it really is good fun and uh, this year we're also on the day before um, we're going to have a, a kids event and we're linking in with the Daily Mile and the um, Cork Sports Partnership and they're going to help us out with that and um, because normally we have the park running cove every Sunday morning and the day of the race unfortunately they don't get to run because um it's just, it's just so much going on and uh, we need everybody to help us out. So this year we're going to have a kids event, a daily mile um, in the town on the Saturday. And uh, I'm, as I'm speaking, they're, they're in the planning of that. So I don't know the exact details yet,
0: but hopefully we'll have details on that soon. Yeah, It's going to be a very good race down the Sonia Sullivan Cove 10, April 2nd. As I was mentioning, it started at the top of the town, so it's mostly all downhill. Liverpool have gotten the seventh against Manchester United. Roberto Firmino on as a sub. Um, Full time was just gone. Liverpool seven. Manchester United nil is how that finished we'll get you a full time report on that one in just a sec uh, not a great start for Cork City yesterday in the SSC electricity league uh, women's division as they lost 6-0 away to Shelburne in Tolka Park next up a home clash with Galway on Saturday at Turner's cross uh, boss Danny Murphy called in to me earlier on today to discuss the game alright delighted to be joined here by our Cork City boss Danny Murphy to talk about I suppose a difficult start to the season but also a, a season that's full of promise and expectations as well Danny thanks for joining us in the studio today
5: yeah, no, no problem. Been in as you said, difficult uh start, I suppose you can put it that way.
0: <laughs> you certainly can. Um there's no hiding beating around the bush about it. Beating six nine your opening day isn't ideal. What happened yesterday?
5: Uh I think a lot went wrong yesterday. I think um you know you know, like for me there's a couple of basic things you're doing to play play football and you got to run around, you've got to work hard, you've got to win your tackles, win your headers, win your individual battles. And I don't think we did that yesterday as a team. I think um, we had a few individuals that done it and, you know, done well. But I don't think as a team that we, we showed a good account of ourselves. And yeah. I think that's the more disappointing thing. Like we didn't uh, give a good account of ourselves and, you know, just sloppy goals, individual mistakes, and, you know, the things that we tried to cut out in pre season. And we just don't seem to have learnt any lessons from last year really
0: Yeah and why? what's that you said nervousness yesterday first game of the season kind
5: of nerves playing Shelburne what was it? Yeah I think there's a lot I think them things do come into it but I think like you know you've been playing the game long enough now for some of the girls and you know you know what's needed of you like week in week out and game in game out and you know when people say about nervous like but you should always be nervous like it means you care like if you're going into games and you're not nervous, like I'd be more worried. But like if you're going into games and you're playing Shelbourne and the champions, like sometimes I feel we're playing against the name and the individuals yeah. of a club instead of actually going into games and be worried about our own performance and knowing that we're good enough to be there. How pre preseason number four then? It's been brilliant. Like the girls have been really good, and you know, like we were going very optimistic going up to the game on. On Saturday, myself and James and the staff very confident. You know, after watching shelves against FLo, that we could go up there and get a really positive result. And you know, we went up there, and you know, we could have been one nil up after two minutes. You know, Lauren Singleton had a really good chance, and you know, she's got to do better there to finish it. And if you score in that two minutes, like it could have a different outlook on the game altogether. Yeah. And then at one one, we should score again. And you're like, they're the small little details of. You know, your your little one percenters. If you get them then is the outlook on the game and the result completely different. But you know, once they don't happen you, and you go one nil down and two nil down, it's like as a group we've got to do better in terms of the way we can see goals and let goals in.
0: At two nil down at half time, though are still very much in the game. What was the message at half time to the girls and how disappointed were you to then go off and concede four?
5: No, I mean look as I said to the girls like at half time, like, you know, first half's gone like you can't fix it can't go back and change it you know but like go out and give a good account of yourself I don't feel you've done that in the first half I feel that you know you've allowed them to dominate majority of the game and we, we just didn't turn up at times in the game and didn't win our individual battles you know I thought and and I kind of said that to my half time and you know I, I made a point of you know with Jess Mendes like you know bringing Jess back in this year like wasn't an easy thing to get her in but the reason for why we got her in is because of what she done yesterday. We know she can add the aggression and do the things that a lot of our girls can't do and are probably not willing to do. And, you know, that's why you walk away from yesterday's game and people remember what she did and mm. how well she played and instead of the result and stuff like that for her. And it's like, this, we need to have 11 players doing that on a more consistent basis. mm Barred Jess Mendez yesterday, were there any other positives you could take from the performance? Yeah, I think I think Heidi played well. I think um, you know she's a young kid still learning the position, but done well. I thought um, um, I think Avin was decent first half. Went off the po- pace of it second yeah. half. Um, I think Eva was Eva was Eva probably wasn't the performance probably everyone expects from her but people have got to take into consideration she's been out for four weeks and has, hasn't played any of the pre-season games and only been back training two weeks and to play 90 minutes and mm. you know for me she hadn't probably a good game but for Eva it probably ain't a good game
0: mm. You said in the examiner after the match yesterday I know you are probably angry after the result but that your players have been around the league a long time but they are too nice
5: is that the case I, I i get i have nothing to hide by saying that and i say it to them all the time they're all too nice they won't you know make they, they don't have a guy at each other in case they are upset with each other and like you can't like in sport in general and especially in a team sport like you should be able to say things to each other without becoming personal mm. and you should be able to hold each other accountable and i think that's the biggest thing we don't hold each other accountable and i've said it to them since the first day i come in Far, far too nice they want to be friends <laughs> with everyone in the league and like, you don't need to be friends with everyone mm. right? you need a small network of friends and the majority of the people you play football with won't be your lifelong friends I, I probably speak to five people I've ever I played football with and other people I'd say yeah they're friends I know them if I see them I'd say hello but I wouldn't say they're my friends like, I've got a small network of people that I still hang with and talk to on a regular basis but I just feel that we go into games and we're afraid to Give someone a kick, mm-hmm. and like you know, the one time we'd done it yesterday against shells, they didn't like it, and it turned into a bit of a melee. But I'm like, we've got to do that more often. We need to be horrible. Like I spoke to a couple of shells girls and who I'd know, and like just kind of and they, when people like playing against us, yeah, because they think we're a soft touch, and so, that has to change. And
0: how do you change that? That can't be just an overnight thing. That has to be.
5: Come on, the girls. They've got to change it. They've got to stop wanting. You know, they've got to stop allowing people to take advantage of them. Because I feel that's what they're allowing them to do at the moment. They're allowing people to bully them, take advantage of them, and people are too happy to come down here and play them. Because lovely pitch, nice people. Like I don't want people coming down here and enjoying being here. I want them to go back on the bus and be. I hate going down to Cork. Mm-hmm. Like when I played, people didn't want to play against us. And, I, and I'm sure that people When they come and play against cool, For the men's They don't like that mm-hmm. but We need to change that And we need to change it fast and you certainly weren't afraid Of giving people a kickback In your day There was right wingers Terrified of coming out To
0: turn cross. cross.
5: <laughs> I, I, I say it to the girls All the time Like for me like I wasn't the most Technically gifted player But like I'd go out onto a pitch Now and I was going to make sure Whoever I played against Had a living nightmare I was going to make their day The most horrible day ever I wasn't too fussed about how I performed mm. I just wanted to make sure that person didn't get one over me and you know like small little things like my job was to back up Dan Murray my job was to support Liam my yeah. job was to give the better players in midfield the ball and when I didn't have it when we didn't have the ball I'd get it back so they could have it again mm-hmm. and like I don't think we we think like that I think like we 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 just haven't got that mentality but You know, things have to change and whether it be through personnel or by the girls changing, we have to start making some changes. Do you think they're going to react to your comments yesterday? You also said that you'd rather put out the the 19s and lose
0: 6-0 every week and bring them on. How do you think the girls would react to to comments like that?
5: But I said it to the same thing to the girls after the game. I said, like, you know, we've got some experienced, so-called experienced players in the group and as I said to them, like, you know, is is it too late for me to help you? Are you going to change? Like, Are you going to change in the way you do things? And I don't know. Like it's down to them to change and start implementing the things that we've asked them to do and if they're not going to I think then as to be a, it's a serious situation that we have to go right maybe we st- do start looking at some of the under-19s who we can develop we can nurture we can improve and give them a chance and be happy to go out into games then we're probably not going to get the results we we'll want, mm-hmm. but in two years time we'll be in a better place but that's down to the players within the dressing room and they need to start but they need to do more. Mm.
0: Danny Murphy there Cork City boss not happy with his side's performance yesterday the chance to make up for that against uh, Galway coming down to Turner's Cross this coming Saturday evening hopefully a big crowd there to to help roar Cork City on we'll have an extended version of that online on redfm.ie still to come we are going to get a full time report from Liverpool's big win over Manchester United and up next the second part of Valerie Mulcahy's brilliant conversation with Breach Cork and hear me roar The Big Red Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Let's get a full-time report from Anfield and that massive, massive win for Man or for Liverpool <laughs> against
1: Manchester United. Liverpool seven, Manchester United nil, and Jurgen Klopp's side moved to within three points of the top four with a game in hand on fourth place Tottenham after a stunning win over their fiercest of rivals. Cody Gakpo put them in front before Darwin Nunes headed home number two. It was three when Gakpo slotted his second of the afternoon, and Mo Salah volleyed home a fourth. Darwin Nunes got his second of the game to make it five. And Mo Salah also got his second of the game later on before Roberto Firmino completed an unbelievable afternoon hitting Liverpool seven. Liverpool seven. Man United nil.
0: Seven. Seven nil. At Anfield, wow. Alright, uh, so time for the second part of Valerie Mulcahy's conversation with Bridge Corker over the last number of weeks. We've uh, run a special uh, segment called Hear Me Roar, which is uh, Cork legend Valerie Mulcahy speaking to some fantastic sporting stars. Um, her conversation with Breach Corker was so good that we decided um, to stretch it out. Or not stretch it out, just play the whole thing because there's just so much content in there that we just wanted to get out. So, this is the second part of Valerie's conversation. Valerie has 10 All Ireland's, Breach has 18 All Ireland's, 28 All Ireland's in this conversation. It's absolutely fantastic. The second part of Hear Me Roar with Valerie Mackay.
6: What makes sports women tick? What motivates us? What inspires us? Who is the person behind the athlete? My name is Valerie Mackay. I'm a 10-time All-Ireland winner with Cork and a 6-time All-Star. Now I'm turning host and talking to some of Cork's greatest sports stars, or those who have a strong connection with Cork. In this series, I'm speaking to six inspiring athletes to find out their answers to these questions. This is Hear Me Roar with Valerie
0: Mulcahy. I got the eye of the tiger, fighting, Cause I am a champion.
6: episode is the second part of my conversation with 18-time All-Ireland winner Bridge Corkery. Last week saw us laugh and reminisce about her time playing together with Cork. Bridge's drive and determination is well documented, and one story she told me about the lengths she went to to get to training summed that up. That one time Irish, I, I nearly made it to Clidove in a go-kart. <laughs>
7: <laughs> I could <can> envisage that. <laughs> yeah, I was... I was under 16 Komogi training and I had yeah. no spin and I rang Marie Lucy she was going from Kenneby so it was like about 15, 16 kilometres from me so I was like right how am I going to get there and I, there was you know I didn't want I didn't want to miss training I was probably about 15 so I hopped on my berg uh, go-kart tied my hurley onto it and took off and I was coming up by Kenneby Church and Marie Lucy's mother um Lucy's mother saw me and she was like, where are you going? I was like, I was going to we with training.
6: <laughs> and you are probably still on how many kilometres away?
7: I, I was still about seven or eight kilometres yeah. away. So she was like, I'll take you over. So her, her mum dropped me over. What did she do with the yeah. cart? I threw it into the church in Kennedy Church and uh, collected it the following day. There was yeah, a lot so of
6: improvising. I remember you had to put it Something happened one day with the, the car breaking down or you had to... Oh, put a marker was, in a ditch for some reason what was that yeah that was Vera's
7: car They had Gasco in Vera's car heading out to the Munster final against Kerry. Uh, no the league semi-final against Kerry Um, and she was like what'll we do how'll I tell Marty where it is and so we we had a I don't know was it she had a lease jersey or I had a Leeds jersey we put up in the pillar um, and we were like, "Look, we've pushed the car up to the yard, and this is where it is." Because uh, co- we're going after the match. We're going after the match. Geraldine Flynn came behind us and picked us up. Oh. We all: Aileen, um Marie Ambrose, Mairead Vera, myself, and Geraldine Flynn were so nicely squeezed into the car.
6: But up to Caller yeah. Has all your teammates, yeah,
7: yeah. Heading off up for
6: Drumcally, so. And talking about travelling to training, that um, <laughs> <laughs> our all Ireland's. Do you ever? Uh, was it 2005 All Ireland? And we were all at Cork. Oh, 2006. Kent. Was it Kent Station? And uh, it was the first time I think we decided to get the train up to Dublin, was it? Or was it second? No, it was no, the
7: second year. Yeah.
6: Yeah. we done at the start maybe when there was a bit more money. <laughs> what happened?
7: Well, you see, it was kind of not my fault, to be fair. What happened? Because. Uh, we had the camogie final the w- two weeks before it, or the week before it, and right. the train was at two o'clock. Right. And, um. So then we went to football training the Wednesday before, and they were like, uh, Oh, everyone to be in the train station for one o'clock. And I was like, Jesus, very early. The train is two o'clock. Like, what's yeah. the panic? But I was I was aiming to be in for one, but um, Elena Marie had, had a blitz up on her machine. So we were waiting for that to finish. And Mam was in a tissy at home because obviously I told Mam that we had to be in for one. Oh. Like, <clears throat> And Mam um, was like, Where are they? Where are they? Where are they? And I was like, Tis grand, sure. The train isn't until two. And next thing, uh, we were just coming onto the, be- the South Link, the, onto the Ballon College side of the South Link around, around, I don't know, I think it was like 26 minutes past like one. Yeah. And Jim, Jim McAfee rang me and he was like, uh, Bree, tell her things. I was like, good, 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 hurry. He's like, um, where are you now? I was like, oh, I'm nearly there. I'm nearly there. A few minutes now. And he was like, oh, fantastic. That's great because we're going in four. <laughs> I was like, sorry. And he was like, yeah. I was like, what time is the train? Half one. Oh. Oh so god. I just I was there and Diddy and Man were I don't know why they were both taking me in but I said to Diddy anyway I was like um Diddy um you might speed up there a small but the train's going there now at half one and next thing oh my god sure there was hullabaloo in the car yeah <laughs> but so there was but so what had happened was the car came over had put on a special train at two o'clock. Ah, okay. So I had thought that like, you know, that was it was two o'clock, there's no panic. We didn't have that kudos. We didn't like have that no, before. no, we needed to wait a few more to get that. Yeah. Um Go. so that's kind of what happened basically yeah, so like so
6: we arrived on and we had to t- train not to depart without the
3: Yeah.
7: There
6: was still no sign of it. I think we were still hoping that you were just you know your usual <laughs> <well>, like last <laughs> minute job. But yeah, I remember departing going, okay, you're just probably in a bit of trouble. But yeah I didn't know were you because it was, maybe it was because, or were you? Well, I, I just remember Mary Collins
7: meeting him in the lobby and they were like, we're going to mass now. Like, uh, so Amanda Mor- McMurphy, McMurphy met me at the train station and he brought me out to the Rico. Oh, Amanda he said. On, did he? No, he, they had driven up the, no, they had driven up. Because and then, they were from
6: Bear so it took, yeah. take so long to get to them.
7: Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know why they'd driven up, but okay. they'd driven up, and uh, they had been at the train station anyway. So they were like, "Cause I was like, I'll just get a taxi, whatever." Like you know, and uh, yeah, so that was kind of it. Like I, I remember going up, and um, there was a fell. I'd, lo- I'd love if I met him again, but uh, where I was going up on the later train on my own, and yeah. sure, I was kitted out and all the gear, and had the big gear bag, and uh, I was sitting across from this fella and um, he was like, "Oh, are you are you going to the ladies football game tomorrow?" I was like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I am." <laughs> and uh, uh, we were chatting away and I, he was like uh, oh yeah I'd be really good friends with R- R- Reggie, Reggie yeah. Harton. I was like oh Reggie I was like oh Reggie's a guest so I'm great friends with her as well and he was like oh do you know her too I was like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then he was like um, do you do, do, um, I know did he say something like do you play underage or something yeah. with Carkers'?" and you've you all the year <laughs> and I was like well no I'm actually playing tomorrow but um <laughs> I missed the train. <laughs> but when I got to the hotel anyway, Mary Collins was like, We're going to Mass now I was like, Okay, grant, grant. Like they weren't happy about it at all. But I just like I remember just Eamon's cross face as well. But um, I I'd say they were just like, No drama. Uh look it's the day before the game and yeah. whatever so they, of course they weren't happy and of course the team weren't happy about me either like you know but um, sure
6: look I uh, think you were easily I, forgiven do you, uh, you think yeah. that might I have uh, got you to play more would you have been more determined then would that have been any factor when you went out to play that next day
7: Um, yeah I suppose I was embarrassed and I was kind of feeling a bit like Jesus like the lads are going to be like a dog on me you know yeah. Like that was definitely playing in my mind because I I was sharing the room with Niamh Gahan that year yeah. and um she was like don't worry about it I was like I was like oh Niamh they're all going to be like giving out about me like she was like don't worry about it you're here you're in plenty of time yeah. matches
6: until tomorrow and I was like okay yeah I think we were yeah so um, I think it yeah. was probably like you know air that's just breach oh, I I think you <laughs> kind of got away with stuff because you had that you know you just when you got on the pitch as I said you just worked hard and. I think there was allowances for people. Do you think? Yeah, well, I
7: suppose. Yeah, I I do. And like, I suppose in my mind, I'm always like people prepare differently. Like everyone prepares differently. And but like they have to perform like with they have to perform within the group then to be preparing. You know, does that make sense? Like as in everyone prepares different, but we still all have to perform. Yeah, you know like no one has the same routine people like to do their own things yeah. but so then what we was the
6: routine uh, just to have a normal day did you have a point yeah. for every match bar the finals bar the finals bar the finals yeah. well, it was actually when I read Gemma O'Connor's she said that their tradition was Gemma O'Connor's autobiography that their tradition was to have a glass of wine Yeah, for the other and two of them yeah herself her yeah them.
7: Yeah, certainly for Murray, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was. And like, I just think that's, I mean, that's everyone's thing. Like, you know, everyone has their own thing that they need to do. And yeah. I would have always said my worst games probably were the Ireland finals. I never really performed very well in them. And I, I remember, no, I, I did. did as I got older, I, def- I didn't do it because it just, I kind of stopped doing it, you know. Yeah. It was more in my younger, younger times, I suppose I used to do it. But... Um, I think in 2013 was probably the first year I didn't do it, maybe, I think. Yeah. Because um, I that summer was a really nice summer. 2013 was a really good summer. And uh, I don't know, like there was loads of barbecues happening. And if there was a burger going out, there was a bottle of beer going out. And I remember just my, I started to play really bad.
6: Okay,
7: And I remember just thinking, right, this needs to... This needs to stop. Like you yeah, know, so
6: you realise uh, that your uh, off-field nutrition and all that wasn't really yeah. contribute contributing to. to yeah, you. I remember like the it was the,
7: the quarter final. Um, I think it was the quarter final. It a really bad game in the quarter final. I was like, okay, I need to like no. it Was against Armagh? What 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 year do we play Armagh? We nearly lost.
6: Well, the final was two thousand six. No, this was twenty
7: thirteen, was it the quarter? Yeah.
6: Took the free and she she actually went for a point when she would have needed to go for a goal.
7: No, she went for a goal and all they needed was was a point point. to level it. Yeah. Yeah. And like she was only twenty yards out, she'd have definitely Yeah, she just got the maths wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah yeah. Um so Yeah, I think that year was the one year that I just my performance was gone down and I was just it was like I had lost focus on myself. And um yeah, I that was I think the... I'd say 2012 was the last time I'd have done any of that and after that the I was like, right, you need to cop
6: on? As you've heard throughout our conversation, the commitments Breach has made throughout her life has been huge. You don't win 18 All-Ireland titles in two codes without your personal life taking a back seat. I asked, if she was starting out again now, would she still follow the path she took or go down a more professional avenue with sport? I don't
7: know, What I've liked the professional... Side of things like I loved playing, plays football in Camogie, but I loved breaking free and like, do you know. I suppose one thing I definitely don't like is kind of like the limelight of it. Okay, like I I don't like. That's the that's the part I don't like of it. I, I like you know, and I suppose
6: you still all you still always did say media interviews. You still got you know because you're, eighteen time All Ireland winner and yourself and Reena are the only two, you're the top two in all of Ireland. What's the difference?
7: I suppose uh, I literally just, I do it because I feel it's my duty to promote the sport. Okay. And uh, it's the same with giving out medals. Like, I do it because it's a duty to do it, but...
5: It's they're the parts back.
7: they're they're the parts they're the parts I would find the hard parts, you know right. the training was the easiest for me yeah. and playing the matches and but it's the like I suppose even doing this yeah. like i I suppose I'd hate to leave a friend down or I'd hate to leave someone down if they ask me if like if I'm genuinely free to do something i'll yeah. do it yeah. you know um but it's not to be I suppose it's not to be heard or not to be seen, or you know does that make sense but I, do you think that you have a voice?
6: Um, that people would listen to you if you did speak.
7: Yeah. I hope so because we have a podcast. <laughs> Nobody listened to the podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> the episode of Bridge Crockery wasn't in. Um, I don't know. Have I like as in like I suppose it's, it's very easy to come in and talk here about our story. You know, yeah. it's just us. Like you know, um, it's you know I don't have to talk about anything out of this world uh, you know I don't have to I always feel like I don't have to do any prepping for these kind of things
6: because you just because it's just
7: it's our story and I don't I'd like to think that I tell the the real story all the time Um, you know I suppose there's been times where I've asked me to do punditry and stuff like that and I just you know that's something that I don't know what I I, it just doesn't tickle my fancy like you know Okay.
6: okay so it's not out of fear of training some days more you don't think you'd like it would you not try it once and then say okay it's not mm. for me
7: yeah I just feel like you'd. Uh, for me I would feel like I'd I'd like to be well prepped going into yeah. it, know who's playing well have seen a lot of the games and yeah. I suppose I'm at a time in my life where I don't have the opportunity to do that I'm still playing my own club still playing yeah. my own club as well so yeah. you know you're going to train every night of the week your spare time I didn't want it to be I wanted it with my family and you know stuff like that, calling home, calling to dear miss family. Yeah. Um, that's what I want to do with my spare time at the moment. Um, so yeah I think that's the other part of, outside of it, there's a lot of prepping, you know this is literally just talking about our days, there's yeah. no prepping to it like, yeah. whereas when you're doing punditry there's a lot of prepping and yeah. time outside of what you're actually doing.
6: Did you always value that family time or is it since you've retired you've realised okay so I've devoted all this time to getting to get into the top of my game? And you've probably given you, you, I know you have given huge joy to your family, but do you know? look back and go, oh God, I didn't probably have the time with them. So now I'm sharing time with them. Um,
7: no, I suppose I'd always be very good to call home um, and maybe not as much to, we'll say, home. homeless. I'd have missed out on a lot of things with them, you know, yeah. family occasions and stuff because I'd have always had matches and, um, but I suppose I'd you know I'd have always made an effort like you know to to go to as much possible things as at home and you know as again I always prepared a normal day so whether there was a match on Sunday and uh if there was a match on Sunday, it wouldn't stop me from going to a wedding on the Friday night or, yeah. you know, obviously just you drive there, you come home, whatever. But I'd, sti- I'd still do it. I'd always try to make time for everyone else. And and obviously, you know, I'd have lost contact with girls in school who I hadn't, you know, wouldn't have been able to spend as much time with yeah. them like as they, but, you know, it's funny enough, we, we started a meeting up there again lately. And, you know, I suppose for a while there, they probably just stopped texting me because they were like, sure. She's not going to come I'm sure she's probably playing a match or something, you know,
6: but there's kind of that allowance given to you when you're playing, they understand more it's it's a yeah it's a valid excuse or a valid reason, isn't it
7: yeah, I think it, and I think maybe they probably didn't understand, but as they got older themselves, they started to understand, you know, and yeah. it's lovely to still meet up with all those girls you now as well, and we'd have the crack and yeah. um so it's yeah like you do you do definitely sacrifice a lot when you're playing, but uh. We got the just rewards as well, and the more time you put into it, the the better. And we were just blessed with the the company we had yeah. in in the teams that you know everyone was very similar. They we were all there to do the best we could do, and
6: while being very different characters, and, and allowing for people to be themselves and to De- show their characters, definitely, I loved. Yeah. It was that individuality within the group all the same. Yeah, we all know breach as a fearless warrior on the pitch an inspirational leader who was phased by nothing. Off the field, though, Breed admits she's quite different from her sporting persona.
7: I suppose, like, I'm a very different person off the pitch. Like, you know, I I would be very self-conscious as a person. Like, I always know what I want. Like, I know what makes me happy and stuff like that. But I'd be a very self-conscious person. Um, you know, and sometimes I suppose... She's I don't know what to say for this, actually, to be honest. Like...
6: Does that make sense? Is there anything, you you seem to have a great attitude and it's just like, yep, it's what, you kind of have the mentality of what's for you, I won't pass you or it'll be grand. There was a reason for that.
7: Yeah, I I suppose, uh, challenges, I suppose, would be that I'd have to be very comfortable in what I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, And that, and playing football and come away is when I was at probably my most comfortable. Yeah. That's where I, like a resi- that's where I'd be very resilient and stuff like that. And you know, I suppose um I'd be very you know, I suppose in work at the moment now, I suppose I'm very um I just wouldn't be hugely that comfortable in it, so I find it really difficult.
6: So you know when you uh, put yourself out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You're challenged. I'm very and much you challenged. Do that much? Uh
7: well I work in the office one of the lads I'd say he'd be like, Would you just stop asking me questions? But I, I'd be just always afraid of saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing. and But that's because I'm just not comfortable at what I'm yeah. doing, you know. Um, so, I, and I, again, I suppose I'd be just, that comes back to the punditry thing there now as yeah. well, where, like, if I don't know exactly what's going on, I, I'd be very much out of my comfort zone or yeah. I, I'd be very poor to challenge someone right. about something, like, you know, unless I was really comfortable about what I was talking about.
6: Yeah. But do you would you would it prevent you going for things
7: oh definitely yeah I well I might try it but I I probably wouldn't last very long like either do you know yeah like I'm not as resilient off the pitch as I would be on the pitch like it's just kind of a I don't know what it is I suppose uh, I would never kind of I'd always prefer to be in the back room doing stuff rather than you know, being out being out front I'd prefer to just do something without anyone knowing or yeah. you know, I suppose now that I'm finished I'm I'd be happy to I'm happy not to be known as Bridge Cockery. Does that make sense like the footballer? I'm yes. just for me I'm just Bridge. Yeah. And life is moving on and that's that chapter
6: in my life and... Do you ever get called something different because I've been called Breed Corky, <laughs> I've been called Breed Stack, I've been called <laughs> many pairs and names. Um, do you ever get mistaken for Oh, myself and Rena always have a laugh off
7: this. I'd be called Rena loth and then I'd I like, uh, then I'd be called Breed Stack. i am like, jeez, this is great, lads. <laughs>
6: Were you ever called me?
7: Um... Or is it more well, the opposite way? Did I text you there about a year ago to say that someone called me you, I'm sure? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah so. It's nearly always Rena. Yeah.
6: Um,
7: and like, I'd say me and Rena couldn't look anyway, like, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, we're always mixed up. And Rena was only telling me the other day that she was down somewhere and they were like, um, at, at some, I don't know if she had a medal presentation or something, they were like, how are the cows going? Oh. And she was like, um. Yeah, not too bad.
6: <laughs> the ones I'm at and then she too. was
7: like, "Oh, they're in Cambridge,
6: baby." Yeah, yeah, yeah so. they getting mixed up, and it's mad with your household names, but maybe they're they just don't recognise the face, or just that confusion with maybe eighty all Ireland. I mean, yeah, but d- <laughs> do you
7: know what? It wouldn't really insult me because, like you know, I'd meet, I'd meet people there and they could be really famous and I wouldn't know them either yeah. like or I'd be like oh god I know that's a face there now from somewhere do you know I, you do hear it and you just see the pictures and so I, I don't get insulted by it or it doesn't bother me do you not
6: me. think that it's a reflection of all that you've done and being a household name and having one the most all irelands with Rena and that people don't actually know who you are like, would they recognise their the male counterpart if they had eighteen um Sure,
7: I suppose they would, but like it, like, and this comes back to like you know, that kind of doesn't really bother me. Like, like, does it, it doesn't you that
6: that you're nearly lesser because you're female. Does that or does that resonate with you at all? Do you think that it's? But I suppose that it, if it was a male, that you'd be, recognised yeah. so because you're female. You don't get that same recognition. You, is there any part of you that thinks that's not really acceptable?
7: Um, honestly, myself, I that doesn't even enter my head. Um, I just think it's kind of like. Do you remember when we played and we'd be, you know, we wouldn't have the facilities like the men get, but it never bothered. Like it never bothered me, you know. Uh, and I just think if I can just give back to ladies football and Camogie like they gave to me that we can continue to bring up the standards continue to push girls to you know play well and you know I think I think things are definitely getting better you know and um, people are definitely recognising ladies sports more now And I I just think as past players, like, we need to keep pushing it. We need to keep...
6: So your way of doing that is through medal presentations, meeting young people, doing the trainings uh, as guests, as a guest.
7: Yeah, like, and I don't like doing them. Um, You know, as in, not that I... Like, you know, as in, it's It's another Friday night, it's another Saturday night, like... um, it could be a whole weekend. You could be way up the country. Yeah. You know, I know Bridge Stack was up in Sligo during the weekend. Um, giving out medals, and I was in Belfast before Christmas. But it, it, that's our job, like as as sports people. That's we need to give back and we need to keep going and keep that's, inspiring. Yeah, yeah, and like I, it never bothered me. Uh, I, 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 I suppose it's my personality. I. You know, through my work and stuff like that, they'd be like, Oh is this Bridge Corkery the footballer? And I'm like, Oh, what do I see here? And no now? And the footballer I could <laughs> Kabogie <back. laughs> I was like, Oh, that's a long time ago, no, that's old news. Yeah.
6: That's where we leave our conversation with Bridge Corkery eighteen time All Ireland winner, an absolute legend. Join us next week for the final part of our chat and more laughs and stories from one of the biggest heroes in Irish sport. Jez, I was about four stone overweight after Australia. <laughs>
7: I was like, oh no! Well, you <laughs> I think he ran. He he ran the devil out of us um and i was just like oh my god we're in for it this year and we did hard running that year and you
6: were always wearing these black bags just to sweat <laughs> it off and i'd be like breach um i've actually studied this in in college and uh, i've been asking and you were just basically dehydrating yourself yeah front. yeah <laughs> <laughs> three
7: jumpers two t-shirts and a black bag
6: <laughs> hear me roar was presented by me Valerie mckay and produced and edited by rory o'hagan for cork's red fm music was by the wonderful jack o'rourke Thanks to my friends at MyGames.ie who created a beautiful memento for each of my special guests. Gorv Magot as Kluse Hurt Dumanov, Igosbeg may kind live gulua. Slán.
0: That is the second part of uh, Valerie's conversation with the 18-time All Island winner Bridge Cork really really good stuff and the third part final part although I could listen to them every week on the show that uh, will be on next Sunday but that is it from us thank you very much indeed for tuning our, our podcast online shortly redfm.ie or from wherever you get your podcasts three hours of the very best in Irish music coming your way next with the wonderful Mags Blackburn on Green and Red enjoy your Sunday night folks